Amen. By the grace of God, at the second service also, I will register my appreciation. I want to welcome you to the month of December. The 12th month of the year. The number 12 has a significance in the Bible. The Bible, amongst other things, is the book of Numbers. And when you become diligent in your study as a student of the Word of God, you will find that certain numbers have important significance that they carry. And if we learn to position ourselves and to align ourselves properly, we will be able to maximize the benefits in those numbers. The number one is the number of God. Numerous uno. Know ye, Israel, that the Lord your God is one God. Number three has its own significance. And on the third day, the Lord Jesus rose from the dead. The Lord also referred to Jonah in the belly of the whale. He said as Jonah was in the belly of the whale for three nights, of course three days and three nights, he said, so shall it be for the Son of Man, referring to himself. Why the third day? Why the number three? That's God's idea. And number three also represents the Trinity. God, one God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Three in one. The number seven also is another number that you must look out for. The number six also has own significance, which is the number of man. On the sixth day, the Lord created man in his image and after his likeness. The number seven is the number of perfection. On the seventh day, the Lord rested. The number, the number eight is another very significant number. It is the number of a new beginning. After the Lord had finished the work of creation and had rested on the seventh day, the eighth day was the ushering in of a new beginning. Wherefore, if any man be in Christ, is a new creation. All things have passed away. And all things have become new. The number 12 is very significant in the Bible. Very, very significant. I omitted number 2, which is the number of covenant. Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and the two of them shall become one flesh. It's a mystery. Jesus said to Nicodemus, Verily, verily, I say unto you, it wasn't just repetition for emphasis. Yes, it was. But not only that, it was the number of the covenant. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. No matter how nice a man is, if he's not born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is not full of nice people. It's full of saved people. The number two is the number of covenant. When God said, call uh, Abraham, Moses, actually, even Abraham. Abraham, Abraham, when he was going to slaughter Isaac, he says, stay your hand. Hold on. Don't kill that boy. I have a ram that I provided for myself in the thicket. Behold that ram, take it. And that there was a shadow of the ultimate sacrifice that Christ was going to pay. 
Abraham, Abraham. When he called Moses, in Exodus chapter 2, chapters 1, chapters 1 and 2, Moses was in the back of the wilderness and he saw a site where the bush was burning, but the grass was not consumed. He said, what kind of thing is this? I will now turn to see this scenario. The Bible says, and as he turned, the Lord spoke from the midst of the burning bush. The Lord said, Moses, Moses. He could have called him once. Covenant. Take off your shoes for the ground on which you are standing is holy ground. And quickly he obeyed. The number 12, which is where I'm going, is the number of God's government. The government of God. The government of God is typified by the number 12. Anytime the kingdom of God comes upon a sin, it takes over. When it comes upon a life, when I mean a sin, I don't mean S-I-N, I mean S-C-E-N-E, a scenario. Whether you are in sickness this morning or you are in pain or you are in some kind of mental turmoil or torture or some kind of financial embarrassment, or a debilitating health condition, all you need is to invoke the kingdom of God to come upon the sin for you, to come upon the situation and then takes it over. The number 12 is the number of that kingdom, the number of that government. In Mark chapter 5, you remember that Jesus was going to the house of the man Jairus. Jairus had a daughter who was sick near death. And the man came to Jesus to say, Lord, would you please come to my house? My daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her and she will leave. On the way to the man's house, a woman came who had had an issue of blood for how many years? Come and talk to me, church. Twelve years. Look. That has a significance. Why didn't she get that healing at when, when that situation got to the 11th year? Why not at the 10th year? Why not even at the 7th year? Because the government of God was going to judge that situation at the 12th year. When you talk about the judgment of God, it's in two sides. It has two sides. One side when God judges a situation, one side is the blessing. The other is the other one that everybody runs away from. So when God judges, that's why you need to be careful as Christians when you have an issue with someone else, another believer, and say, let God judge between us. <laughs> God will judge you. And when he does, he will promote one. The other person will see Pepe. If you are the guilty one. Because God is a righteous judge. Are you with me? The judgment of God can bring great blessings to our lives. And it can bring the other one. When that situation lingered for 12 years, it was waiting for the judgment of God. And on that day, the woman heard that Jesus was in town. She heard that Jesus was in town when the situation had reached the 12th year. Please follow very closely this morning. Very, very closely. Because there are things that God will do this month 
If you miss it, you will have to bite your finger. And I don't want you to ever miss it. Because everyone has their time of visitation. And this month, December, is your own time. Can I have an amen to that? Jesus was going to the house of Jairus. The woman came, for she said within herself, if I may but touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. And she touched the hem of his garment, the fringes of his prayer shawl. And the Bible says, immediately and straightway, the fountain of her blood was dried up. That's judgment. God judged that sickness. God judged that infirmity in the 12th year. And she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. Immediately. This was what doctors had tried and they failed time and time again. Who is a doctor when we are talking about God? We are talking Dr. Jesus. Now, you know the story. She, she had to open up, you know, to tell her story and all of that, her testimony. And then from there, they proceeded to Jairus' house. By this time, the daughter had died. They had sent a message to Jairus. Don't bother the master anymore. Your daughter is dead now. When they got to the house, Jesus put everybody out. They were, you know, weeping and all. And, and he said, the girl is sleeping. She's not dead. And they started laughing. The same people that were crying before. And Jesus raised that girl back to life. And the Bible tells us the age of that girl. Do you think it was a joke? Now, the, the, the son of the widow of Nain, who also died, did the Bible tell us the age of that son? Come on, talk to me. No. Lazarus in John 12, who died? Does the Bible tell us, or did the Bible tell us the age of Lazarus? No. Why did it tell us the age of this girl? Because he was trying to teach us a lesson, to show us something, that the number 12 is the number of God's government. Go to Mark chapter 5. And media, you can project that also on the screen. I just want to show you something. Before I begin to preach. This is not my message. This is welcoming you to December. And this is helping you to prepare your heart. Verse. We can go to verse 41. And he took the damsel by the hand and said unto her, Talitha kumi. Which has been interpreted, damsel, I say unto thee, arise. Verse 42. And straightway the damsel arose and walked, for she was of the age of 12 years. And they were astonished with a great astonishment. The Bible states very clearly that the girl was 12 years. The woman had the issue for how many years? The woman that interrupted the journey. For how many years? 12. And the girl was how old? 12. When Jesus was going to choose his disciples, how many did he choose to be part of his original Initial cabinet. Jesus Christ evangelical, evangelical ministry. Twelve of them. When God looks at the months to govern the year, how many months did he choose? Twelve of them. If you go into the scriptures, the book of Revelation, and read about the new Jerusalem, the physical kingdom of God, where we shall live, Permanently, forever, with God. Where there shall be no accident, and no sin, and no Satan will be permitted. That city has 12 gates. And it has 12 windows. 
and it has 12 foundations or rather one foundation but made up of 12 precious stones do you think God is joking with all these things so when we come to the 12th month certain things need to be judged in our lives whatever has escaped January whatever infirmity has escaped February whether it's eye problem brain matter heart condition liver condition pancreas kidney or blood condition whatever it is it is going to be judged this month the 12th month in the name of jesus whatever financial embarrassment has lingered in your life up until today up until this month this month and right now it is judged in the name of jesus and there are times that people allow themselves to be rented of the enemy to afflict you everyone that afflicts you will come to repent before you this month because God will judge number 12 is a number to watch out for there are many other scriptural references when they came to Elim as they came out of the wilderness in the book of Exodus the Bible says they came to Elim where there were 12 wells 12 wells. When Joshua was leading God's children and they parted the Jordan, he erected an altar there with 12 stones. Many, many scriptural references. In Revelation 22, there's a tree there that bears 12 manners of fruit, bringing forth its fruit every month. So every month is a new wonder. The next month, another wonder. And listen, as we go into 2023, God will do different manners of wonders in your life every month. In 2023, before you exhaust one testimony, another will land. Can you shout a better amen? This morning, at the dawn service, I won't be able to preach the full message, but I will try as much as I can so that we can have the full message at the second service. But please be open. God is here. Receive from him whatever you need. Whether it's healing, whether it's whatever it is. Peace, joy, receive from him. Wholeness of mind, receive from him. God is here. It's not, we're not praying that, Lord, can you do this? He's done it. And all we need to do is receive. And just like that, just like that, you see, like knife through butter. You just receive. Amen. Psalm 65 is going to be my text. Verses 11 to 13. Psalm 65 from verse 11 to 13. Thou crownest the year with thy goodness and thy parts drop fatness. They drop upon the pastures of the wilderness, and the little hills rejoice on every side. The pastures are clothed with flocks. The valleys also are covered over with corn. They shout for joy. They also sing. You will shout for joy this month, and you will also sing in the name of Jesus. I have for a title, Finishing Strong. Finishing strong. In Ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse 8, 
The Bible tells us that better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof. The end of a matter is better than the beginning. And as a student of the word of God, and someone who seeks to increase in the knowledge of God, according to Colossians 1.10, it occurs to me that God is more interested in the end of a thing, in the end of a matter, in the end of a situation, than the beginning. The beginning is equally important, no doubt about it, because nothing begins without God's approval. No year can open up if God does not approve it to open up. No ministry can open up and stand the test of time without the approval of God. People open ministries. They open businesses. Over time, it collapses because it was not approved of God. No life can open up. No business can stand the test of time without the seal of God's approval. In John chapter 15 and verse 5, Jesus said, for without me, you can do nothing. Without me, that's the last part of it. He said, I'm the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. Your life will be fruitful because you abide in me and I abide in you. He said, but without me, you can do nothing. Jesus is the source, the source of every life. Without me, you can do nothing. In John chapter 1 and verse 9, the Bible describes Jesus as the light that lighteth every man that cometh into the world. Every single individual you see on the street is a life that has been activated by Jesus. Is the light that lighteth every man, every man, Christian, Muslim, Habalist, every man. That come into the world. So without his activation, you don't exist. That's why it's the alpha and the omega. The beginning and the end. So no year can open up unless Jesus opens it up. No life can open up. Your life wouldn't have been if he had not put his seal of approval for you to come to this world. He is the light that lighted every man. I would have been a still bath. You would have been a still bath. Without the light of Jesus. In Psalm 36 and verse 9, the Bible says, For with you is the fountain, the source, the spring of life. And in your light, we see light. Without your light, we see darkness. In fact, without your light, we see nothing. Are you with me this morning? Are you with me this morning? So, there can be no beginning without the beginning himself. He is the beginning. Revelation chapter 1 verse 8, it says, I'm the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. Revelation 22, 13, I'm the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. But then, as important as the beginning may be, as important as the beginning is, God in his infinite wisdom seems to be more interested in the end. That's why I put in Ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse 8. He says, better is the end. Better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof. We know people that had a beautiful beginning in ministry. Today, they are no longer existing. We know some businesses that started well, doing fantastically well, but today they have gone into oblivion. 
People that started maybe a marriage or something, and today it is over. The Bible says, better is the end of a thing. You will finish well. You will finish this year well. And you will finish it strong. Can I have a better amen? The beginning may be good, but better is the end of a thing. In Job chapter 8 and verse 7, for you to know God's heart about the end of any matter and about the end of any life, the Bible says, though thy beginning was small, yet thy latter end should greatly increase. God doesn't mind you starting small, but he doesn't want you to stay small. The church should not stay small. We may start small, but we should not stay small. Your life started very small. Was this your stature when you were born? And for some of you, you have not reached your final destination yet. So, your beginning may be small. But God's plan is that you get better and better and bigger and more. So when you begin to decrease and decrease, you sh it should worry you. You should be concerned. And you should, be, you should ask questions and say, Lord, what is going on? Why am I losing and losing instead of gaining and gaining? In 1 Chronicles 20, uh, 12 and verse 22, 1 Chronicles 12 and verse 22, the Bible speaks about God sending men to David on a daily basis to help him. God was adding men to the army of David. The Bible says, until the army of David became nothing else to compare with, but like the army of God. Innumerable soldiers. God sending help to a man on a daily basis until he became an institution. May God send you help on a daily basis. Please don't waste any prayer from this altar. Very important. There are things God does on a daily basis, you know. Like the daily help he sent to David. Jesus teaching the disciples to pray. He said, when you pray, say. One of the lines he gave them is, give us this day our daily bread. You will never lack daily bread. No matter what the economy of the world says, God's children in his kingdom are never configured to lack daily bread. You will never lack daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. One translation says, give us day by day our daily bread. In Lamentations 3 from 21 to 23, the writer said, this I recall to mind, then I have hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every week. They are new how, when, how often? Every morning, day by day, great is your faithfulness. In Psalm 68 and verse 19, the Bible says, Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits, blessings, increase on a daily basis. So if you are not making progress as a Christian on a daily basis, you should query yourself. What is going on? Because the path of the just has been designed as a shining light configured to shine more and more, better and better on a daily basis. You should increase in your spiritual life. When you are now the one, like Faber was saying last Sunday, I was watching the, the dawn service from Lagos. You are five years in the Lord. We are still running after you. You are going to club. 
It's a pity. There are certain things that should not even be mentioned among us anymore. We should not even hear it. What are they doing in the club? What excites you there? To go and see naked women? The path of the just is supposed to be, that's God's intention. Like a shining light that shines more. You should know God more. Your life should be better in 2022 than in 2021. And 2023, no matter who becomes president of Nigeria. Are you getting what I'm saying? Your life should be a thousand times better. Spiritually, health-wise, materially, financially, emotionally, academically, socially. All around. That's God's plan. I have come to tell you this morning God's plan. It is yours for you to dispose. God proposes. This is my plan. It is yours to accept it or to say it's rubbish. I will run my life myself. But I must let you know God's plan is that you should be bigger than you are a thousand times. The Lord will increase you a thousand times more. You and your children. Can I have an amen to that? Though your beginning was small. The new KJV says, though your beginning was small, yet your latter end would increase abundantly. I love that. Abundantly. Listen, God's people. One of the things that Christ helps us to do is Christ in us, being the hope of glory, helps us to think like himself. That's why the Bible says that we have the mind of Christ. The mind is your thinking faculty. One of the things that God has helped me to change in my life is my thinking. I have discovered from God's word two things. One, increase. Increase is the signature of God. Increase for you, for your life to increase is God's signature. Abundance is God's logo. That when God puts his logo on anything, it's abundance. God gives us, hello, the oxygen we breathe. How much oxygen do you use every day? Do you know? Can you tell? If we fill up this hall this morning, we will have enough oxygen. We have more than enough. Look at how we are breathing free of charge. Oxygen everywhere. There is more than enough water for us to consume in this world. For generations yet unborn to consume. More than enough grazing routes for cattle to consume. More than the cattle that we have. Abundance. Increase. Abundance. Increase. Abundance. Increase is God's signature. Go with me quickly. To 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Verses 6 to 7. First Corinthians 3, verses 6 to 7. Paul writing there. He said, I have planted. Apollos watered. But God gave the increase. Who gave the increase? Go to the next verse. So then, neither is he that planted anything... Neither he that watereth. We are just ministers of God. Ministers of the gospel. He said, but God that giveth the increase. I love the word he used there. Giveth. Giveth means gives. 
That means God gave. God still gives. God will continue to give. What does he give? Come on, talk to me, church. What does he give? Increase. Shout increase. Increase is God's signature. If you are not increasing, then you are decreasing. God's signature is increase. God wants you to increase. Listen to me this morning and announce everywhere you go that God wants you to increase. He made one man and one woman. Today we have 7 billion people in the world. What is that? Come on now, talk to me. What is that? Increase. He gave that as a mandate. Be fruitful. Multiply. Subdue the earth. Replenish it. And have dominion. And he has not changed that mandate till now. So when you look at your life and your last year is becoming better than this year, something is wrong with you, sir. Oh, ma, you need to rededicate your life to Christ. There is a problem. And that problem is not with God. It is with you. You read one chapter per day. You've done that for five years. And you have not thought of increasing the chapters. You read something is wrong with you. Five minutes prayer, that's enough. Oh, that's all I need. No, something is wrong with you. You have stayed on the center for one year. Increase is God's signature. So if we truly are the children of God, according to Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 and 2, we are supposed to emulate our Father. We are supposed to be increasing spiritually. Increase your prayer time. Increase your meditation time in the word of God. Increase the souls you are winning every week. In, if you have not been winning at all, start winning. And set a target. This month, I'm going to win two souls. January, I'll win four.
no, no money, no gas, everything finished. Things used to finish that it was like a curse, but we were not under a curse. I pray that from here now we have been redeemed from the curse of the law. Galatians 3 13 and 14. So we don't ever pray, Lord, let this uh, parental curse, let this generational curse be upon us. It's taken away. Amen. But you are living at a time in serious condition. Talk, ring, just come. every scripture, but my God shall supply. Don't tell me before the day was over, or maybe by the next day, something happened. We never got on the phone to beg anybody for anything. There's a room service. You know, generally, we would never sell that room service. And I wish that that we beg because I've trained them. I saw from the word of God, Psalm 37 verse 25. He said, I have been young, now I'm getting older, yet have I never seen the righteous forsaken, nor is seed begging bread. I am the righteous, you are my seed. You don't beg bread. You don't beg biscuits in school. Because I saw from Psalm 37 verse 19 that they will not be disgraced in hard times. Even in famine, they will have more than enough. I can speak like this today because I have spent time, quality time in the world, and I still do. I beg you, church, increase in your knowledge of God. You know celebrities. You know too many. You know footballers. You know too many. They are making progress. You're on the same spot and you keep knowing them. And you keep knowing more. And you keep subscribing to different channels that are not adding anything to your spiritual life. You will be grounded as a believer. You are not supposed to be grounded. You are supposed to be upwardly mobile. Are you with me, church? It's time for naked truth. This is the time for reckoning. This is the end of the year. You should look at your life and take stock. What goals did I set from January? How many have I achieved? I will finish reading my Bible this year. You stopped last in March. Now, don't kill yourself. Refire. 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 That's why grace is available. Are you with me this morning? God's signature is increased. God never puts his signature on laziness. That's why Paul said to Timothy in 2 Timothy 2.15, he says, study, study. Timothy, young pastor, study. Saying to all of us believers, study to gain divine approval. Study. There's a time for prayer and fasting. There's a time for studying. There's a time for evangelism. Don't, 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 don't replace one with another. It is what you eat that you use to fly. The Yorubas have a popular balance. They say it is what the bird eats that the bird will use to fly. The tanker, the petrol tanker that is conveying fuel from NMPC depot and dropping in different filling stations, if its own tank is empty, is it going anywhere? 
even though it carries 33,000 liters, but its own tank, its own personal tank is empty. How far can it travel? If you are going to go far, fill your own tank. And this is also for you young ministers. So you don't get to a point where you preach yourself dry. Feed, because the journey is still very far. Elijah, wake up, eat. The journey is still very far. Those of us who are going far in life, increase, increase in your study time. Increase. Block it from any distractions. Block it from WhatsApp. I have loads of WhatsApp messages I've not replied to in the last four days. They are not, they are not urgent. They may be important, but they are not urgent. They can wait. There are phone calls I might not take because God, I, I can't be hearing from God and be hearing from you at the same time. Even my wife knows when, when it's that time and she, she's talking to me, I'm not answering. She knows, okay, let's leave, let, we leave him alone. Yeah, children, she will give them the instructions and everybody leaves me alone. Because our lives depend on what we are hearing from heaven. We must hear from the headquarters. It is through the voice of the Lord that the Assyrians shall be beaten down. Isaiah 30 and verse 21, I believe. If it's not 21, it's verse something. Search it yourself. Me too, I found it out. So find it. Let's go there, Shah. We'll have mercy on you. Please, next year is not for the lazy. Are you with me? Verse 21, I believe, says, is my favorite. Your ears shall hear a word behind thee, saying this is the way walking in it, when you turn to the right hand and when you turn to the left. It's the same verse. Now go to verse 29. Verse 29, it says, And you shall have a song as in the night when the holy solemnity is kept, and gladness of heart as when one goeth with the pipe to come into the mountain of the Lord, to the mighty one of Israel. Verse 30. And the Lord shall cause his glorious voice to be heard in the place of meditation and in the place of communion. The Lord will cause his glorious voice to be heard and shall show the lightning down of his arm with the indignation of his anger and with the flame of a devouring fire, with scattering and tempest and hailstones. Verse 31. For through the voice of the Lord shall the Assyrian be beaten down, which smote with the rod. Everything that represents an Assyrian in your life, don't listen to the voice of God. As he speaks to you, declare what he says. That Assyrian will fall down. It is through the voice of the Lord that the Assyrian is beaten down. Increase your capacity to hear from God as this year winds down. Increase your capacity to hear from God. You need to hear for 2023. Before we come to the crossover night, the senior pastor has heard, you too here. You are not a bastard of God. You are a child of God. Hear specific instructions for your life. Life is too precious. You only have one chance. Increase. And it is God that gives increase. Amen? So everything, we are still back to God. To him that heareth shall more be given. 
Jesus was speaking about hearing. When he said, he that has little, that little that he has will be taken away from him. But he that has more, more will be given to him. Go back and study that scripture. He was talking about hearing. He was talking about revelation. When you hear, when you sit down with Jesus and you hear what he says, he said, more will be given to you. You'll have more revelation. You'll increase in revelation. He said, but he that has only little and is lazy, not hearing, the little will be taken from him. It's not God that will take it. It's the devil that will take it. <laughs> Are you with me? So don't run around with small revelation. Stay. Stay and feed fat on the word of God. Abundance. I spoke about that briefly. That is God's logo. God's logo. Even Jesus himself increased. Luke 2.52. The Bible says, And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and with all men. Now, talking about abundance. In John 10.10, 10, he said, The thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I am come that you may have life and have it how much? More abundantly. Let me give you the scriptures. Psalm 115 and verse 14 says, God will increase you more and more, you and your children. Can I have an amen? amen. 115 and verse 14. 115 and verse 14. Put it on the screen. I want everybody to see that. It's a scripture that you can pray over your children, even though you are not married yet, that God will increase you more and more, you and your children. You will never decrease. Can I have a better amen? Amen. Psalm 36 and verse 8. These are scriptures to stand on this end of the year. God has packaged more into the end. Psalm 36 and verse 8. Read it out, everybody. They shall, now put it as we, personalize it. We shall be abundantly satisfied with the fatness of God's house. And we shall make, and sorry. They've taken it off. And God shall make us drink of the river of his pleasures. Can I have an amen? You will never be thirsty again. God will make you drink of the rivers of his pleasures. You will no longer drink from the cup of affliction. You will drink of the rivers of God's pleasures. Can you say a better amen to that? Increase. Proverbs 4.18 says, The path of the just is as a shining light. It shineth more and more. Unto the perfect day. All the scriptures reveal the heart of the Father. But what is God's modus operandi? What is God's mode of operation? God always packages the best for the last. The best for the last. That takes us back to our main text. Psalm 65 verse 11. It says, Thou crownest the year with your goodness, and your path drop fatness. You crown your, the year why does God wait? It is his modus operandi. It is his mode of operation. He likes that the end, even though the beginning is glorious, he likes that your end will be more glorious than the beginning. That's the way God is. He doesn't want your life to start on a very glamorous note and then end on a very shabby note. Pitiful. No. He said you may start small, but that end will greatly increase. That's why he crowns the year. December is the crown of the year. God crowns it with his own 
goodness. If you know anything about the goodness of God, it's an aspect of his glory. The glory of God is in three components. The manifest presence, the manifest power, the manifest goodness. Listen, church, and I pray this for you. People will see the goodness of God in your life this month. I mean, they will see physically that God is practically good to you in the name of Jesus. They will look at you and say, ah, God is good in your life. God is good to you and it is good to serve God. Some people have seen certain things that God has done in my life and all they say is, it is good to serve God. Without me preaching to them, they say it is good to serve God. God wants to use our lives for evangelism. God will use your life as the mobile advertisement of his goodness this season in the name of Jesus. That is God's modus operandi. He crowns the year with goodness. Is sickness good? Pain good? Death good? Death good? You're owing people. Is it good? What about a little failure? Is it good? Some kind of heartbreak? Will it be good? Depression? Is it good? You want to buy certain things for yourself to do Christmas shopping and you can't afford it. Lack, lack, lack. Is it good? Today, abundance, abundance, abundance in the name of Jesus. The better amen to that. It crowns the year with his goodness. And his path drop fatness. Verse 12. They drop Upon the pastures of the wilderness. The wilderness normally doesn't have pasture. It's like the desert. But God causes pasture to grow in your wilderness. And every little hill will rejoice on every side. Go to the last verse. Verse 12. Verse 13. It said the pastures are clothed with flocks. Now there is grass on your field. God will now populate the grass with animals. God will bring the gifts of men into your life. God will cause your businesses to flourish. God will cause you to advance in your career, advance in your studies, advance in every area of your life. He clothes the pastors with flocks. God will clothe the pasture of this church with flocks. And the valleys also are covered over with corn. So when you look down from the mountaintop to the valley, everywhere is covered with corn. That's abundance. You will have abundance. Corn sounds like food. You will never go hungry. Then as a result, what happens? They shout for joy. They also sing. You will gallop into 2023 on the platform of singing and dancing and rejoicing. <laughs> Nobody will drag their feet into 2023 amongst us here. We will gallop for joy and singing and dancing and thanking and praising God into 2023 in the name of Jesus. I'll give you three examples of people in the Bible. Moses. Moses finished strong. Deuteronomy 34 and verse 7. 
The man Moses was 120 years. Deuteronomy 34. Deuteronomy 34 and verse 7. Moses was 120 years. He was not 65. He was not 73. He was not 82. He was 120 years when he died. But how did he die? His eye was not dim. Neither was his natural force abated. Give it to me in NLT. New Living Translation. And this is not the time for screen to go blank. Moses was 120 years old when he died, yet his eyesight was clear. If you have a problem with your sight this morning, may your eyes be clear right now. And he was as strong as ever. Moses was not supported when he was working. At 120, he never needed support. He never needed hearing aid. His natural force was not abated. He was as strong as he was at the age of 40, at the age of 120. That's God's plan. Increase. Increase. I'll give you another example. Job. The Job in chapter 1, verses 1 to 3. Let's look at him. There was once a man named Job who lived in the land of Uz. He was blameless, a man of complete integrity. He feared God and stayed away from evil. Verse 2. He had seven sons and three daughters. Yes. Verse 3. He owned 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 teams of oxen, and 500 female donkeys. He also had many servants. He was, in fact, the richest person in the entire area. He was in the east. He was the richest man in the east. Not in the world. That was the beginning of Job. Go to Job 42. Let's see the end of Job. Now, media, you search out this, the verse for me. Quickly. The Bible outlines that he had double of everything at the end. Job 42. Job 42, media, come on. Whoever is there this morning, the Lord is helping you. Amen. I said the Lord is helping you, so I'm praying for you. Now, go on very quickly. Job 42. And go to verse 12. Why verse 12? Verse 12. <laughs> so the Lord blessed the latter end of Job. God is more interested in the end than the beginning. So God blessed the latter end of Job. God will bless the latter end of somebody here more than your beginning. Because the Bible says more than his beginning. Who blessed his beginning? Come on, talk to me. Who blessed his beginning? Why did he choose to bless his latter end more? Because that is the way God is. Don't expect the same friend 40 years time. I would have been one zillion and one times bigger and better. And I expect you to also be at that time. If we are not bigger, then we will be surprised. We will be bigger and we should not be surprised. We will only be surprised how God plays his cards, how he does it. That will be our pleasant surprises every day. Amen? But that we are bigger will never be, because God already laid out the plan in his word that his plan is increase. You should not decrease. 
Glory be to God. Don't expect dementia in your old age. Don't plan for it. Till you go to heaven, you'll be remembering. Your mind will be intact. Amen? No plaques will build up in your brain in the name of Jesus. I didn't see that in the Bible. The Bible said, Moses was as strong as ever. Did he have prostate cancer? Did he have dementia? Did he pour kerosene inside the yam thinking it was oil? Never. Did he need help? Who entered? Who went? No, never. Clear. That's what I trust God for. So even if you are struggling with your eyes right now, trust God that you'll be so healed that the healed will call you healed. <laughs> Can I have an amen? God blessed the latter end of Job more. Somebody say more. More than this beginning. More. For he had 14,000 sheep. Now, in the beginning, he had how many sheep? 7,000. God gave him 14,000. God is a God of precision. Precision. 14,000 sheep. When you get home, do your, go back and do your comparison. And 6,000 camels. He had 3,000 before. And 1,000 yoke of oxen. Where he had 500. And 1,000 sheasses. He had also seven sons. Exactly the number of sons. And three daughters. And he didn't have two wives. And he called the name of the first, Jemima. And the name of the second, Keziah. And the name of the third, Karen Hapok. Glory be to God. Verse 15, and in all the land were no women found so fair as the daughters of Job, and their father gave them inheritance among their brethren. The Bible says, after this, Job lived 140 years and saw his sons and his sons' sons, even four generations. So Job died being old and full of days. That's how I want to die. Old and full of days. That's the Christian way to die. Anyone on the sick bed who came onto this service this morning, the power of God rests on you. Receive your healing in the name of Jesus. The latter end. God is always interested in the end being better. Your December every year must always be better than your January every year. If you had a 10 million naira turnover in January, expect 40,000, 50, 100 million, whatever million in December. Hey, you are not to decrease. And who says January should not be good? People. Ah, January, you know, people have used money for Christmas. So January, normally everybody is broke. Uh, uh, that's a, my name is not everybody. Amen? So come January 2023, you must be abundantly supplied. The last example I'll give this morning and close. Our Lord Jesus, at the marriage in Cana of Galilee, John chapter 2, they ran out of wine in the, at the wedding. They had served wine. And I guess, maybe it was good wine. Because you don't want to serve a bad wine at your wedding. And they ran out of wine, and Jesus produced wine. His first miracle. The Bible says when they took wine and gave to the governor, the governor made a statement. John chapter 2. And go to verse 6 for me. 
And there was set six water pots of stone. After the manner of the purifying of the Jews containing two or three first skins apiece, yes. Jesus said unto them, fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim, yes. And he said unto them, draw out now. Faith is now. Draw out now. And bear unto the governor of the feast. And they bear it. And when the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine, and knew not whence it was, but the servants which drew the water knew, the governor of the feast called the bridegroom, said, come here, and said unto him, look, every man, the protocol is that every man at the beginning puts the best out. You set forth the good wine. And when men have well drunk, then you bring out that which is inferior. That is the order of man. Start small, uh, start big, finish small. Start well, don't end well. That's the order of man. But thou has ruined the protocol and you changed the order. He didn't know he was not a young man. But you have kept the good wine until now. God always reserves the best for last. The last of this year will be the best of this year for you. This is a very prophetic service. So take every word very seriously. God has reserved the best of this year for the last of this year. So the last of this year will be the best of this year for you. In the name of Jesus. Whatever you have achieved up until now will pale into insignificance compared to what God is going to do beginning today. So he gave them the best wine at the end. God reserves the best for the last. You will laugh last. And you will laugh long. Not everyone that starts finishes, you know that. I battled with abortion many years in my life. I will eat in the dream and whatever project I was embarking on will be aborted. Until I found Zechariah chapter 4 verse 9 by the help of the Holy Spirit. He said, the hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this house. His hands shall also finish it. I saw the word finish that day. I shouted. So finish is in the Bible. I had even forgotten about Jesus saying it is finished. I saw finish. What? That became the beginning of another day in my life. His hands shall also finish it. And you shall know that the Lord of hosts has sent me unto you. That terminated the spirit, the oppression of the spirit of abortion in my life. So from that time, whatever I started, I finished. Whatever I start till now, I finish. I don't know who's in that situation. Whatever you start henceforth, you will begin to finish. Because God is interested in the end. Not everyone that starts finishes. Some get aborted midway. Relationships start, then they crash. Sometimes marriages start, then they crash. Ministry start, and then they crash. Businesses start, they crash. Companies start, they crash. Schools. Schools open, and they crash. Your destiny is not heading for a crash in the name of Jesus. Not everyone that even finishes, finishes strong. Some people finish, but they don't finish well. We have examples in the Bible. There was a king, Asa. Started well. Almost had a good finish, but turned to idols. And he was sick, and he never called on God. He called the doctors. He sought out to the physicians. He didn't call on God. The same man helped by God. 
He finished, but he didn't finish well. His story was not palatable. Judas Iscariot faded out along the line. His finish was not a good finish. He hung himself at the end of the day. Moses finished well. Went home strong. We had a good ending of the man Elijah. Even Elisha. But Gehazi didn't finish well. Not everyone that starts finishes. And among those who finish, not everyone finishes well. In your case, you will finish well. 2022, you will finish it well. And you will finish it strong. In the name of Jesus. I run through these five points and we close. I can't explain them. I will at the second service because I want to stop now. How do I position myself to finish strong? Number one, meditate on the word daily. 1 Timothy 4, 14 to 15. Ephesians 6, 10 to 18. That's number one. Meditate on the word daily. Number two, faith is the victory. So, develop your faith in God. Faith. Faith is the victory. 1 John 5, 4. For this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Live every day by faith. You will never be put to shame. You will never be put to shame. Amen? <laughs> Number three. Be expectant and rejoice always. Be expectant and rejoice always. The conditions may not be perfect. Rejoice and be expectant. Proverbs 23, 18 says, Surely there is an end, and thine expectation shall not be cut short. Your expectation will not be cut short in the name of Jesus. Rejoice always, because the joy of the Lord is your strength. Remember, he said, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Philippians 4, 4, rejoice always in the Lord. Again, I say, rejoice. Number four, embrace the person and ministry of the Holy Spirit. Embrace the person and ministry of the Holy Spirit. Because he is the strengthener. Ephesians 3.16. He will strengthen you in your inner man. The days in which we live can be very overwhelming. If you sit down and meditate on the enormity of your bills. Or the enormity of the attacks coming against your mind. You will go into depression. So, don't look at that. Meditate on the word. Fellowship with the Holy Spirit. As you fellowship with him in the place of praying in tongues and meditating the word, it will be strengthening. It will be giving strength to your inner man. Your spirit. And it is the spirit of a man. The strong spirit of a man that sustains him in his infirmity. Cancer kills some people in two weeks. Cancer failed to kill some people in 30 years. Cancer died. Example, Mama Dodi Austin. D-O-D-I-E. Austin. O-S-T-E-E-N. Google that when you get home. The mother of Pastor Joel Austin of Lakewood Church in America. In Houston, Texas. I saw her with my eyes like this. I read about her testimony before I ever traveled to America. After reading that testimony, I said, Lord, if you ever make it happen for me that I travel to America, I will see this woman. God had that prayer same year. Following year, I traveled to America. I couldn't go there. Following year, 2015, I traveled again. I went there. And I saw the woman coming to the service like this. 
Job 42. And verse 5 came to me. He said, I've heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye seeth thee. I had heard of her, but now my eye saw her. And she came to sit right in front of me. Be expectant and rejoice. Follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Lean on him. He is the strengthener. Let him strengthen you. No matter your condition, even if it's a health condition. Somebody sent me a message this morning in Lagos. Dealing with heart condition. Pulmonary something. Something with the lungs. And she's been on oxygen for about two years. I sent the link to this service. I said, join. 7.30 and, and, and 10. Join. Lero Dazokale Manasha. The creator of the lungs, the creator of the heart is with us this morning. So, whoever is online, trusting God for brand new organs, receive it in the name of Jesus. Whoever is in this service, trusting God for brand new organs, new eyes are available. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Some of you just wake up tomorrow and discover you can't see with your glasses again. You'll be thinking, ah, what's wrong now? What's wrong with my eyes? I can't even see with the glasses. God has healed your eyes. Remove the glasses. Amen? Ephesians 3.16 tells us that it will strengthen you by his spirit in the inner man. You need strength though. If you fail in the day of adversity, your strength is small. And to have strength, you feed. To have strength, you feed. To have strength, you feed. You don't have strength on the memory of food. Ah! I know the taste of jollof rice and chicken. My God, I'm hungry now. Memory, feed me. Such a person will die of starvation. You go and get the real food and eat. Is that right? Is that right, church? Feed on the word. Meditate. Walk by faith. Be expectant and rejoice. Embrace the person and the means of the Holy Spirit. Jude verse 20 says, But you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, pray in the Holy Ghost. Don't pray for two minutes and stop. Pray. Pray well. Pray long. Pray hard. You are building yourself. You are edifying yourself. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself. I'm teaching that at Bible study. Finally, number five, be grateful to God. Give God thanks always. Give God thanks how many times? How often? Ephesians 5.20. On the screen, please. Ephesians 5.20. I'd like you to see it. Get it in your Bible. Ephesians 5.20. Giving thanks once in a while for all things. Giving thanks how often? For how many things? All things. Lord, I thank you for the breath in my nostrils today. Thank you for my teeth. Thank you for my eyes. Thank you for my tongue. Thank you for my ears. Thank you for my brain. Thank you for the hair on my head. Thank you for the breath in, in my lungs. It's your breath I breathe. Thank you for the blood of Jesus that rescued me and saved me and ransomed me. Thank you for the gift of the Holy Ghost. Thank you because I'm saved. Thank you for food on the table. Thank you for good clothes on my back. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for a decent roof over my head. And if you have a car to drive, thank him. You don't have yet, thank him for the one that is coming. Thank him for the legs to walk. Some don't have it. The same legs that are walking now will soon start driving. And driving has its own place. Walking has its own place. Walking is good also for the heart. Good exercise. So thank him for all things. Oh no, look at now. I don't have food. I don't have good food. Yesterday I ate beans. Today I'm eating beans again. God, and today you are good. Thank God for beans. 
Some have nothing. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. This is my closing. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. 16 says, rejoice evermore. 17 says, pray without ceasing. 18 says, in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. In how many things? In everything. In everything, give thanks. Go back to our text, Psalm 65. Verses 11 to 13. It ends on a note of thanksgiving. Psalm 65, 11 to 13. Thou crownest the year with thy goodness, and thy path draw fatness. Will you see the goodness of God this year? In Psalm 27, verse 13, David said, I had fainted unless I had believed. To see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Not when I'm dead. In the land of the living. When you are dead, yeah, you see the goodness of God when you make it to heaven. But we should see it here. In the land of the living. You have bills to pay here. So you don't pay bills in heaven. See the goodness. Pay your bills and pay, your, pay the bills for your neighbor. Pay the bills for your friends. The reason, one of the reasons God wants us to be so blessed is so that we can extend goodness to other people and preach Christ to them. Can you imagine going to Nepal office to fill up your card, your rechargeable meter card, and you load 10,000 there. And here is this person who is just crying. Why are they crying? Because on their way to that Nepal office, somebody stole money from their pocket. How much did they steal? 3,000. And they are crying. Adults crying because 3,000 was stolen from their purse because it's that 3,000 they will use to load their card because they've exhausted their unit at home. Families in darkness. And you reach into your purse and say, Madam, please wipe your tears. No, no, no. I'm not going to wipe my tears. I'm not going to wipe my tears. 3,000 is You say, Madam, wipe your tears. No, no, no. Okay, bring your card. What for? I want to load it for you. Eh? Eh. Oh. Okay. Okay. So is it 3,000 you want to load? No, I wanted to load two five. 500 is transport. And to buy something for my children on my way back. Okay. So you wanted to load two five, then 500 transport. Okay, I will load 5,000 for you. Eh? Our meter has never experienced 5,000 before. The meter will, will shout. You load her 5,000. You hand her 3,000. Use this 3,000 to buy stuff for your children. Now, if you say, Madam, give me a minute. Can I talk to you about Jesus? Will she listen or not? That's why we should do well. It's not to show off. It's to preach the gospel. As simple as buying somebody a meal in school can get their attention. You go to the cafeteria at uh, Tedder Hall, that one by the senior common room, and you see somebody there who is just frowning and say, what's the matter? Say, I don't have enough. You don't have enough what? What would you like to eat? They say, anything, anything. We were at um, Ofada Kitchen the other day, my family and I, and 
I saw one of the security guys. He walked in. He wanted to buy food. He walks there as a security guard. So, I, you know, normally he greets me. So he, he greeted me. I said, hey, how you doing? He said, fine, sir. I saw a cool. I said, you want to buy food? He said, yes, sir. So I said to the guys that were serving, that were attending, taking the order. I said, whatever he buys, put it on my bill. He said, ah, thank you very much, sir. And then the guy, bought, I, didn't, I didn't even think about it. Guy bought his food and then left to resume work. I didn't know that the food he was going to share with his colleague. So two of them were going to share the food. When it was time to pay, so I asked them, how much is the guy's bill? Put it on my bill. They say 500 naira. I said, what? Poverty is a, is, a, is a crazy thing. It affects the way people. I said, put your bill on mine. And then they went to buy 500 naira food. Now, I understand the place of, ah, somebody gives you an opportunity. Don't misuse it. But what is 500? Even my son, you can't buy him 500 naira food. What will you buy with 500 naira? In the Nigeria of today. 500 naira. This is not mama put. This is a proper eatery. If it's mama put, yeah, maybe 500 can go. But here. I was very angry. So anyway, they took the, I paid for the bill. And then I got outside and I saw him. I said, why did you do that? He said, oh God, thank you very much. He was very grateful for 500 naira. So I reached into my pocket and gave him extra money for himself and the other guy to share. Now, if I drive there today, this afternoon, I say, boy, come. Uh, do you know Jesus? He will listen. It is not to show off in the flesh. The reason God wants us to prosper is so that we can extend the goodness to other people. There are people around you that are poor. Some of your colleagues, some of your neighbors, take off the bills, take it off them, then sit them down and tell them about Jesus. They will listen. Some of you need to write off some bills for some people. People that borrow 1,000 naira from you, have mercy on them. They've been running from church because they don't have the 1,000 to pay you. Call them on the phone. Say, don't run again from church. That money is a gift, please. One young man borrowed 10,000 naira from me. Not a member of the church, but a member of the other church. And he started running. The day he said they would pay, he, didn't, he said 10 days. 10,000, 10 days. Normally, I, I don't lend people money because they don't pay me back. That's the truth. So when you say you want to borrow money from me, I say, how much do you want to borrow? I say, 100,000. Okay, I say, I, I, I have 10,000. I give you as a gift. And it's a seed. May the Lord add up the rest. Because if I give you 100,000 and you don't pay me back, it will be paining me. But you know, as a pastor, what can I do now? Will I arrest you? So it's a personal principle. I don't lend people money. I just give what I can afford. So I, I told the guy, I said, I don't lend people money because they don't pay me. He said, ah, no, never, pastor, ah, me, ah. Ten days was the beginning of a blaze. Nowhere to be found. I didn't even remember. I was just busy with a blaze. After a blaze, ah, this guy. <laughs> so I reached out to him on WhatsApp. Oh, boy, now. He said, Pastor, man, I, I, he took heel, and so his hustle slouched. Story. He said, please give me seven days. I said, ah. I said, okay. No, Allah. If you about that George Wakwe, seven days came, nothing. Oh boy, Alpha. Ah, Pastor, the road broke into two. I was trying to tie it together. I told him, I said, you know what? I give it to you. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that, sir. Don't do that. This one, I will pay. I will pay. I will pay this one. Please, sir. I said, no, don't worry. I now 
captured my chat with him where I wrote, I don't lend people money because they don't pay back. I captured and I sent it to him. Our conversation. He said, ah, no, sir. This one, me, I will pay. I said, no, don't pay. Forget it. I give you as a gift. I love you as a brother and I don't want our relationship to be strained because of money. He said, but no. I know you want to give me, but I will pay this one back. Then you can now give me again. Till today, whether pay or give, <laughs> stand on your feet, everybody. May the Lord so bless you that you bless others. I don't know what has happened. I don't know what loss you might have suffered up until this point of the year. But the Lord has sent me here to tell you that it will crown this year for you with his goodness. That amen is too weak. And your path will not drop scarcity. Your path will drop fatness. There shall be in your life a feast of fat things. Of wines on the leaves. In the mighty name of Jesus. There is a sound from heaven. And it is the sound of abundance of rain. Everyone whose life represents a desert where there is no water. There is a sound. And the sound ushers in an abundance of rain in this season in your life. You will finish this year well. You will finish this year strong. You will finish this year in abundance. You will finish this year victoriously. You will finish this year triumphantly. In the mighty name of Jesus. Make up your mind this season to look out for someone intentionally to be a blessing to them. Because God will bless you. Say, I'm saved to be a savior. Healed to be a healer. Blessed to be a blessing. This is my testimony. This season and beyond. In the name of Jesus. Amen. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ.